0: Happy Friday everybody. Welcome to Get Your Goat. Your host Josh here and today I am breaking down wild card weekend. Tomorrow, Sunday, Monday, I'm giving it to you how I see it and then I'm also going to go through my hypothetical playoffs who I think will be going through the divisional conference championship and the eventual Super Bowl. My pick for all that Then, I'll move on to the NBA. The Golden State Warriors are on a serious slide right now after the uh, Milwaukee Bucks absolutely hammered them uh, last night from start to finish. Then, I'm going to look at the NHL All-Star Game and a few snubs that I thought just should not happen in the game. And then, a big college basketball upset yesterday and how I feel about Novak Djokovic. So I'm going to get into all that. Let's get started. First, the Houston Texans yesterday fired head coach David Culley. And now this is something I do not get. I thought coming into the league, no matter who the coach was, I really thought, and I said this on my podcast multiple times before the start of the year, that I thought the Houston Texans were just going to be the worst team in the National Football League. I thought they were going to be that bad. I thought they were going to get the first round pick. And there are many people in the media beforehand uh, that agreed with me and said the same thing. They expect this team uh, to be last because the team is in shambles. You have no superstars this year. Deshaun Watson in the allegations against him. J.J. Watt's gone. DeAndre Hopkins still gone. You have Brandon Cooks, Mark Ingram, is the only two threats on your team and you trade marking from halfway through the year so you're really left with Brandon Cooks and you have Tyrod Taylor Davis Mills is your quarterback you've been on defense uh the defense last year was one of the worst defenses in the league didn't expect a big push you know for them a great resurrection for the Texans so I thought this would be the worst team in the league uh and that was the expectations, I think, for a lot of people, that this team was going to be bad. Uh, so they hired David Culley, uh, and to me, they surpassed expectations. Now, is a 4-13 and record great? No. But were they the worst team in the league? No, they weren't. They were better than I thought. They beat the Jaguars twice, who I thought going in were going to be better than them. David Culley proved to be a better coach than Urban Meyer was 3-3 three and three in his division. Beat the Titans, the number one seed. Beat the Jacks twice. They also beat the Chargers. Chargers won that game. They're in the playoffs. Uh, so the Tech, or the, yeah, the Texans did a lot of damage throughout the league. Those four wins I thought were big. Uh, showing that, hey, they can still be competitive. They can win four games. You're going to have another high-round draft pick. You spend some money on free agency. Hey, Maybe next year you're looking at around a 500 team, but they fire him, which was surprising. So it makes me think two things. I'm going to get the first out of the way because it's the most unrealistic one, is that they said that they wanted the number one draft pick, and David Culley just surpassed expectations. Didn't want that number one pick. The second one, and the much more reasonable one, excuse me, is that David Culley wasn't their guy. uh, Wasn't their guy when they hired him last year. They didn't like anybody else on the market. So we thought, hey, we'll just give him this one-year contract. Actually, it wasn't a one-year. It was a multiple-year. But we'll just give it to him this year. But we really have no intentions of keeping him, which I still think is wrong because it wasn't transparent. I thought he was a decent coach. I still think he should be hired as a head coach. I'm happy that he secured his bag on the way out because of his buyout and guarantees he's going to rake in like $22 million. So now he's set, you know, for the rest of his life. Uh, But again, that's just poor management on the Texans. It also hurts the Texans because if you're a head coach looking for an NFL gig, are the Texans going to be on your wish list? Are they going to be a team that you want to go to after what you saw happen to David Culley? No, I don't think so. I wouldn't want to go there where, hey, I know I'm in a bad situation, and I'm not going to get any leeway, any freedom, no time to rebuild, like Dan Campbell in the Detroit Lions where, hey, we expected it to be bad, but we're going to stick through him. You know. So to me, those things are just shocking. Uh, it's poor character, poor management. Bobby Houston Texans, it's not transparency. I think they did him wrong. I hope he gets another shot uh, in the NFL because he was a deserving head coach, uh, and now he is gone, so uh, breaking bad news for him. uh, But look what happened to Brian Flores uh, earlier this week, which to me was even more surprising uh, considering they've had back-to-back winning seasons. And Verve the Dolphins, maybe the Patriots twice this year. I mean, you can't go be sad about that. You're nine and eight. You were ten and seven last year, or ten and six last year. You're nine and eight this year. That's just one less win. I mean, NFL. It's crazy times. Crazy, crazy times. Uh, so many things happen week in and week out uh, that just make the NFL just so unpredictable. And people wanting to stay up to date with it. And part of the reason why NFL is the best league, uh, the best sports league that we have here. Now I'm going to get into the wild card round. Wild card weekend. Starting tomorrow, I'm making game picks for all, what is it, seven, uh, six wild card games that there are this weekend. Starting off with the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now this is actually a rematch of a game that already happened earlier in the season. I believe it was around like week uh ten or something like that. Uh the Bengals were on the slide actually, you know, they lost back to back games to the Jets and they got demolished by the Browns. And they snapped their skid of uh, a wake up. The defense plays well, the running games well, everybody's involved. Uh they uh, just stumped the Raiders. 32-13. Uh, to 13, uh, Absolutely demoralized them. Pass rush was good. I mean, Las Vegas pass rush was also good. Max Crosby. Uh, they just could not stop this team. And that was in Las Vegas. Now we get the rematch in Cincinnati. I'm picking Cincinnati to win this game. And it's tough for me because I don't think the Bengals... I wish I would have checked this before, but the Bengals haven't won a playoff game uh, since the 90s. Uh, it's I think it's the longest you know playoff losing streak. I don't think they've ever actually won a playoff game since the 90s. I think it was like 93 or something like that. But it's been a long, long drought for the Cincinnati Bengals. It's been it's been bad so you had to think is this a psychological thing for this team I don't think so not for this one because this iteration of the Bengals hasn't played in a playoffs this isn't the Marvin Lewis Andy Dalton regime where they just could not get past a wild card hump they just couldn't uh, it was I thought that was a psychological thing to me this has not proved to be a psychological thing because this Is a whole new Bengals team where they haven't made uh, the playoffs in the NFL. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase. This is a team that hasn't been in the playoffs. But back in, Trey Hendrickson's been in the playoffs before. uh, Zach Taylor's new. So we'll see. So these are kind of two really fresh teams. We haven't seen them in the playoffs in a while. Cincinnati, we haven't seen in a few years. Las Vegas. Derek Carr's never been... To the playoffs. So these are two new playoff experiences for the quarterbacks, and a whole new season is basically starting. The way it's coached and managed is a little bit differently heading into tomorrow. And I think in these games, especially the wild card, the better team usually wins. I know they have the same record, but I think Cincinnati overall is the better team. I look at the quarterbacks, Joe Burrow. This year, just this year to me, has been a top five quarterback in the league. He's been sensational. Very high completion percentage. Highest in the league at 70%. Only quarterback to throw 70%. Very high passer rating. Two ton of yards, touchdowns. A little high interception. But he's just been balling. He's got his boy Jamar Chase. Joe Mixon's been fantastic. I mean, this offense clicks. Big playability. Electric. Fun to watch. Raiders offense to me is not that way they're not electric they don't have big plays uh, they kind of struggle you know to get to 20 points uh you know their last two wins they've eked above 20 but before that you know 17 16 9 15 they're not a high scoring team uh, Derek Carr I think is an athletic quarterback but I just don't have the Bengals winning this game I mean my bad I don't have the Raiders winning this game I think the Bengals make fairly quick work like I said this is a team that they beat a few weeks ago by 19 points I expect a 10 point win or more by the Cincinnati Bengals now the key is how healthy is Joe Burrow didn't play last week to kind of rest up if he's back to where he was where he was against the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago. It really is a wrap. I think the Cincinnati Bengals handle the Las Vegas Raiders. I think it's a great performance both by offense and defense. I think Las Vegas can definitely pressure Joe Burrow, can get after him. But I don't think they can hold up in the passing game with wide receivers like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, or Tita and Uzoma. They're just too athletic. Uh, they're too good, too fast. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals win this game. They move on to the divisional round. And Then the Saturday night game tomorrow night, the Patriots and the Bills. They're, you know, big rivals. Only the second time ever that they have met in the playoffs. Now this, to me, is such a good matchup. You had these two teams basically play, you know, twice in like a three-week span, four-week span. The first game in Buffalo, just a crazy snow-wind game that uh, was going to be dictated by the run and your physicality, and the Patriots were the more physical team. So they ended up winning that game. Fast forward to a few weeks later, conditions are much better. Still cold in New England, so it's a hostile environment for Buffalo, And they come out, Josh Allen has one of the best games of his career, just threading the needle, throwing the ball down there, and they win the game. Uh, And to me, win it convincingly. Now, heading into this matchup, it's supposed to be cold, I think. The temperature is set for 4 degrees, you know, with the wind chill and the game time feel, it's going to be something like negative 8 degrees is what it's going to feel like tomorrow. When these two teams take the field. However, there's not going to be a lot of wind. So you'll be able to throw the ball. So I think this is just going to be a very, very physical game. I think New England is going to try to run the ball a lot. Have time of possession. I think Buffalo can definitely hang around. They won't get routed by the Patriots. uh, Because it wasn't that way, you know, when... These two teams played that very physical game a month ago. However, Josh Allen cannot turn a ball over. He can't look like he did against the Falcons a couple of weeks ago. Play one of his worst games where he's on this sort of roller coaster ride throughout the season, where you know he looks terrible against the Patriots in the first matchup. Then he plays against the Bucs and but terribleness carries over. But he rebounds. In the second half, fourth quarter, plays it over to the Bills and the Patriots, then stinks it up against the Falcons and plays just a little bit better against against the Jets. So he's kind of been more inconsistent this year than he was last year. However, Josh Allen, to me, is the better talent, the better quarterback than Mac Jones. On the other side, I think Josh Allen can make some plays. Now on defense, his favorite receiver... The guy that they have over there, Stephon Diggs, is covered by one of the best, one of the best cornerbacks in the league in J.C. Jackson. This is going to be a terrific one on one uh, matchup for them. Patriots cornerback Jalen Mills uh, down. That is a big one. Emmanuel Sanders is set to return. So, this to me is going to be a very a very a good game. Two of the top defenses over here. Patriots number two in scoring. Uh, Bills three in scoring. Five overall. Patriots four overall. Uh, so this to me is going to be a strength on strength matchup. However, uh, the Patriots offense is not as good as the Bills offense. Uh, you know, number five total offense. Patriots fifteen. And my bad, but Bills defense overall is one, and their number one scoring. So, two top defenses and a better offense than the Patriots. So, coupled with this, I know not to a lot of people are saying, don't bet against Bill Belichick. I'm not a huge Bill Belichick fan. I think he's a great coach. Uh, But I think Tom Brady really was the one who drove the success in New England, not Bill Belichick. And I'll probably say that uh, till the day I die. Tom Brady, you know, carried the wagon. He was the guy, not Bill Belichick. So I think he can do some things. They can sort of crash some things up. But who are you going to take away? Stephon Diggs, because this wasn't Stephon Diggs' best year. I mean, he still had 1,200 yards, not as good as last year. But Josh Allen can still make plays with his legs. So what are you going to stop if you're New England? I don't see New England stopping the Bills' offense. Mac Jones, rookie quarterback, Is he going to make a big mistake here, Bear? We don't know. He's newly, freshly minted in this system. Inexperienced, going to be a hostile environment in Buffalo. I got the Buffalo Bills winning this game tomorrow. All right, Sunday. Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yet another rematch of a game we have seen this season. So that's the third one I'm discussing in a row where there's all been these teams have played. But this was much earlier in the year. Uh, this was like week six or something like that. Uh, Buccaneers beat the Eagles on the road 28-22. to And it was actually 28-7 to in the third quarter. Uh, and they kind of let the Eagles score a couple of touchdowns there. Uh, but to me, that game was never really that close. Now we're in Tampa Bay. These two teams are very different. You know, the Eagles started out the year very bad the first half, and they kind of rebounded the second half. To to me, Tampa Bay's kind of been consistent all year, but they've dealt with injuries all year. Gronk didn't play in that game. He was out a lot of the year, you know, early, mid of the year. Chris Godwin has been out late. Antonio Brown no longer available so they've had a lot of injuries they've had to deal with. And they've been resilient in everything uh, that they've done. Now, do I expect the Eagles to play hard? Yeah, sure. Do I give them any shot to win this game? No. Uh, I'm saying they have no chance, no shot. I think this will probably be the biggest win of wildcard weekend. I see a, like a 35-10 to 10 or a 41-10 game, something like that on Sunday. Uh I know Philadelphia has a great rushing attack uh that they're gonna try to use, but Tampa Bay, uh conversely has a very, very good uh rushing defense. So I think Eagles best rushing attack they average around a hundred and uh sixty yards a game. However Tampa Bay has the third best rushing defense and they allow 92 and a half yards per game so you're gonna have to throw uh, to beat them and I don't trust Jalen Hurts to do that I think he's hobbled by an ankle injury didn't play last week I think we're gonna get him healthy but I think it's just too much uh, for Nick Sirianni uh, for Jalen Hurts again another first-time playoff performer we're getting missed so far in all three matchups you know both of them Bengals, Raiders new, Mac Jones new, now Jalen Hurts new. So this is new. And unfortunately, they have to go up against like the greatest postseason player in NFL history, Tom Brady. So I don't give them any chance. I and mean, then you couple that with Leonard Fournette returning. Uh, JPP, Shaq Barrett, you could have Levante David returning. Tampa Bay wins this game. I believe they win it big two. They move on to the divisional round. I'm not giving them any chance of being upset uh, this weekend. 49ers and Cowboys. This is the one upset I have. I have the Niners beating the Cowboys. Book it. It's going to happen this Sunday. And I think the reason why is just the complimentary football that they play where Jimmy G has made some very bad decisions this year throwing the football which has led to interceptions but he's also made a lot of great throws throwing it into tight windows he's been a good quarterback he's been a quarterback that has led this team to a Super Bowl oh he's also the reason why they didn't close the deal in the Super Bowl but he led his team to a Super Bowl so do I think that he can lead his team To a wild card victory over the Dallas Cowboys. For sure. For sure. I think he can do it because he's got weapons. This Dallas defense is not the greatest uh, defense in the league. Yes, high uh, turnover volume. They get a lot of takeaways. But when I look at this Dallas Cowboys defense, they're not a top 15 defense. They allow... 351 yards a game, 238 over the air, 113 rushing, and around uh, 21 points, so a, low, a lower-scoring defense, but you can still get a lot of yards on them. And So especially when I look at that rushing game, this team is not equipped to handle the 49ers rushing attack. Very few are, uh, but the Cowboys, if I have to look at their weakness it's it's their rushing defense they want to get after a passer Micah Parsons uh Demarcus Lawrence Randy Gregory they want to get after Jimmy G get him on the ground force him to make a bad throw for Trevon Diggs to intercept that's what they want to do Kyle Shanahan knows that Kyle Shanahan is a great coach a great offensive mind uh who can kind of scheme uh, these sort of things go in with a plan uh And I do not think the Dallas, and I'm going to make this analogy. uh, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are the Joker uh, to Kyle Shanahan's Harvey Dent, where you know the Joker, you know, turned Harvey and his team's plan on themselves, uh, like that infamous hospital scene in The Dark Knight. Mike McCarthy is not that sort of genius uh, to kind of outwit Kyle Shanahan. So when I'm looking at the sideline, and I have to choose between Kyle Shanahan and Mike McCarthy, and I know Kyle Shanahan's made some bad decisions in the biggest spots in the Super Bowl in his career that's cost him a couple Super Bowls. However, I look at Mike McCarthy, who is not able to win multiple Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers, let alone make it to the playoffs a few years with Aaron Rodgers. That surprising bad clock management skills uh, with his timeouts and all that I've got Kyle Shanahan being able to outwit anything Mike McCarthy does. And I think most of the strain is going to be on Dan Quinn because I think Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel are going to be great running the football at the heart of this Dallas defense. This offensive line is going to open up uh, holes for them as well. Uh, it's great that they get you know their best left tackle back in the game. Trent Williams for this. So, with all that, the running game is going to get open. And what does that do? That opens up a play action, the passing. I think Debo Samuel can absolutely burn a Travon Diggs. I saw Jawan Jennings and Debo burn Jalen Ramsey last week. A Travon Diggs ain't in that league. I think the 49ers win this game. They upset the Cowboys, the defense as well. Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, they can get after. Uh, Dak Prescott I think Ambry Thomas has been a great cornerback for them Uh, and Fred Warner ultimate linebacker so good at disguising their packages not blitzing a lot but when they do they make it count and I don't trust the Dallas Cowboys to move up and down the field on this defense for 80 yard drives 75 yard drives they just haven't done it in this Dallas defense or this Dallas offense can't run the ball So it's going to be all on Dak Prescott's shoulder. And I just don't see any of that happening. I have San Francisco 49ers upsetting the Dallas Cowboys. Book it. That is my one upset this weekend. The Niners over the boys. Then moving on to the Steelers and Chiefs Sunday night game. Yet another rematch of a game we've seen this season. Is it a common theme? Yes. This was a game that actually happened a few weeks ago, one of the last games of a regular season, where the Chiefs smoked them 36-10. I mean, at that point, to me, it looked all bad. All hope was lost for the Steelers when they dropped this game. The team looked bad. Deontay Johnson, a couple of drops, you know, turning the football over. Patrick Mahomes looked crisp, and Tyreek didn't even play a lot. Uh, Pringle, Hardman were great in this game. Uh, Kelsey was barely involved and you know because he had COVID so I mean they just absolutely routed the Steelers I think the Chiefs are going to win do I think it's going to be a closer matchup yes I do I think it will be closer uh, because Mike Tomlin is a great coach great coach uh, the defense, I think, has sort of erupted since that loss to Kansas City, especially T.J. Watt, who really didn't play a lot in that game, wasn't a factor, as that was kind of like the heart of, it, of his injury, didn't play a lot of snaps, and then they were just so far down, he didn't play a lot either in the second half. So because of that, I think this game will be more competitive for the start. T.J. Watt has a much favorable matchup going against a rookie a tackle on the outside who I think can make advantage of it, you know, who I think is going to be defensive player of the year on the side of that uh, weaker side of the line. I like it, this Pittsburgh defense. This year has been able to handle the pass. It's the rushing attack they haven't been able to contain. And the Kansas City Chiefs are not a good rushing offense. Uh, I mean, Williams, Damian Williams, their best running back at 558 yards. That's not a star. That's not superb. So I don't look at this running offense as a threat. And that's the way to beat the Steelers. But as we saw a few weeks ago, they can make plays, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and still beat the Steelers' defense. So it's going to have to be in the same. Tyreek Hill, a little hampered. How much can you rely on him, his heel calf injury? Is he going to play? Is it going to be 100%? Travis Kelsey, I expect to be much more involved this game, but then on offense for Pittsburgh, it's going to have to be Najee, Najee, Najee. He's going to have to get 30 carries a game, and it's going to have to be effective, and the offensive line is going to have to block for him, and then it's going to open up a play action, and Big Ben's going to have to make plays uh, to Deontay Johnson to chase Claypool, and they actually might get Juju smith Schuster back. They might get Juju back, which I think would be very very big for this team to just at least have another wide receiver out on the field that that it's at least a threat so it's just another player for Kansas City to scheme against but all is said I think the Kansas City Chiefs advance they beat the Steelers however it's a much closer game than it was last time it's not a 26 blowout Uh, type win I think it's much close I think it's within the uh, realm of 10 points or less playoffs like I said much tighter Mike Tomlin great coach except in the playoffs where he's sort of eight and eight Andy Reid's much better I think Chiefs get this done it's that arrowhead Uh, first time Patrick Mahomes is playing in the wild card I don't see them losing a wild card matchup to the Steelers Monday night, the Arizona Cardinals in the Los Angeles Rams. Now, this is the game I have been going back and forth with. I mean, it's just so tough. Uh, two quarterbacks, again, who haven't been there. But to me, are bigger time quarterbacks than Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford. Uh, Matthew Stafford hasn't won a playoff game, hasn't really won big games. 0-3 uh, in playoffs. Uh, in his career in this year even with the Rams haven't won a lot of primetime or kind of big games like last week to clinch the NFC West or other games they just haven't done it but the Cardinals 10 and 2 dropped four out of their last five I mean it's just been pathetic for them this has looked at like a totally different team that I remember seeing you know the first half of the year you know where they dominated the Rams in this building in L.A fast forward to December and the Cardinals look inept against the Rams at home. So is this the Cardinals team that I'm gonna see that was earlier in the season that beat the Rams? That was uh four and two in the division this year and an eight and one road team. Is that the Cardinals? Or is this the Rams that you know won, you know, five out of your last six, you know, Matthew Stafford can get white-hot, not red-hot, white-hot and deliver for his team. So this is a tough one. Cliff Kingsbury, I feel bad. I mean, to me, he is not a good coach. Sean McVay, to me, is a guy I would rather have in this situation who can sort of lead his team uh, to the win. So with all that being said... I'm barely rolling with the Rams. It's tough because no Jordan Fuller. It's Taylor Rapp, Darius Williams. However, Arizona Cardinals, no DeAndre Hopkins. Who knows if JJY will actually play or not? Because of that, I think Matthew Stafford gets his first win in the playoffs, and the Cardinals are just left with questions. If you're left with, is Cliff Kingsbury of a guy? Can Kylo Murray be great for 17 games in a season? you know, that's the questions they'll be left with and they'll have to answer this offseason. But I think this is a close one. I think the Cardinals can definitely compete with the Rams, maybe pull off the upset if Cliff Kingsbury doesn't get him away. But at the end of the day, the Rams are too talented. Matthew Stafford, one of his best years, and they've been able to win this year. You know, I look at that game against the Ravens where he's thrown interceptions and pick sixes. And they still win. So even if Matthew Stafford tries to get in the way, I think I don't think all hope is lost. I think the Los Angeles Rams uh, can definitely win this game. Even if Matthew Stafford makes a bad interception or turnover of its, you know, the sort of, what are you thinking, Matt Stafford? Was that the best decision to go? With the ball, and even if it isn't, they can still win these games. So that's my wild card predictions. So then you go into the divisional round, and I'm just going to go by AFC and NFC at this point. So my AFC divisional with the teams that I picked, I would have the Bengals play the Titans in the divisional round, four versus one. In that game, I have the Titans winning. Derrick Henry, presumably will be back. Bengals haven't faced the Titans this year. I don't think they're equipped to face the Titans. If Derrick Henry's back, and he's back at 100%, I know people talk about Russ, but it's like, hey, the guy doesn't play a lot of preseason, so he goes into the first game and rushes for like 100 yards. So to me, this is that same mentality. Mentality. It's like first-week mentality, and I think they'll do that. Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, this will be a healthy team. Going into this matchup, whereas the Bengals, you know, Joe Burrow looks a little hampered. We'll see what happens against the Raiders, but I just think the Titans are too much. They've been here before. Mike Vrabel, a great coach, Ryan Tannehill, quarterback, will get this team a win and get them to the AFC Championship game. Then the second game would be the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, a rematch of the game earlier in the year where the Chiefs... Just looked helpless. I mean, the Buffalo Bills put a hurt on them. Josh Allen was great. Pastor Mahomes could not stop turning the football over. The defense for the Chiefs was bad. It was all bad going for the Chiefs. And this is a matchup most people thought would be a repeat of the AFC Championship. Except you get it in the divisional round this year. You get the Bills and the Chiefs. And in a rematch... I don't see the Bills beating the Chiefs. Uh, That game in the year earlier of the season, that was a different Chiefs team. That was Patrick Mahomes turning the ball over constantly, not taking the easy underneath routes. And that was a defense, one of the worst defenses in the league at that point in the season. They sort of turned it around uh, since then. The defense playing much better. Patrick Mahomes playing a lot more clean. So with that, with the experience... I'm sorry, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes over Josh Allen. Any day of the week, any time of the week, I don't care what it is, Chiefs would beat the Bills in the divisional round like they beat them in the championship round last year. Uh, I think this Chiefs team would come in with a sort of revenge factor, play with a chip on their shoulder, and they get the big win against them. Then in the NFC divisional round, I would have the San Francisco 49ers and play the Green Bay Packers. Now let me tell you if you've seen this story before. Packers get a top seed. They get upset in the divisional round. Oh yeah, we've seen that story before. Uh, Paging Eli Manning and the uh, New York Giants. I mean, paging the Arizona Cardinals as well. I mean, this is a story we have seen before. Actually, the 49ers have also done it to the Packers, paging Jim Harbaugh and Colin Kaepernick. Remember one of the coldest games in NFL history, and Colin Kaepernick rushing all over this team. Oh yeah, I've seen it before. And guess what? This 49ers team can do it to this Packers team. Oh yeah, that's right. Again, I saw it a few years ago. Raheem Moster running wild on the Packers defense. Can I see it again? Yes, I'm looking into the future. I see it again. I see Debo Samuel. I see Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, playing great. I got Elijah Mitchell rushing for 150 yards on the Packers defense and pulling off the upset. I think the 49ers can do it. And I think the defense can get after Aaron Rodgers as well, scheme some things to hold Devontae Adams. And I think the 49ers can upset. The Green Bay Packers in the divisional round and make it uh, to the uh, championship game. As Jimmy G said yesterday, he thinks this group is special. I agree, Jimmy. This group is special. Now go out and win your next two playoff games because I see it happening. Then the other divisional matchup, the Rams and the Bucks. A rematch of a game that happened week four. I happened to be there in SoFi where the Rams beat the Bucks. Sadly, it happened to be the only game this season that the Rams beat a good team. Only, only time it really happened. Uh, of course, I had to be there and root for Tom Brady and watch that game. Uh, but the Rams won. However, this rematch would be in Tampa Bay. And you know who tormented the Bucks that day? Deshaun Jackson, he pulled up, like, some crazy Randy Moss game and had, like, three receptions for, like, 150 yards and two touchdowns. It was quite terrible. It, there's no Deshaun Jackson in this game to torment the Bucks. There's no big, uh, big play factor downfield that the guys can't run with. So because of that, uh, and, you know, Stafford getting the monkey off his back the previous week, however, the monkeys come back on top of him this week, where he's facing the GOAT, and the GOAT's not losing in Tampa Bay to the Rams, not losing to them twice. I mean, I think they're tired of the Rams. They got beat earlier this season. You look at the Monday night game last year, they got beat. I think Sean McVay feels comfortable going into this game and knowing they have a chance. I think this game is very close, like game of inches type close, like field goal walk-off. But Tampa Bay, I think, would win this rematch, and get to the championship game again. So then you have the AFC championship game, the Chiefs and the Titans rematch of a couple years ago, uh, where the Titans had that 10-0 lead. It was close going to halftime, and it wasn't close exiting the game. This time, however, it's in Tennessee, not Kansas City. This would also be Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game. Uh other than the Super Bowl where it's a neutral site, this would be a true road playoff test. I think it would be a tough environment. And guess what? This is another rematch. The Titans beat the Chiefs earlier this season 27-3, to which was like the last final whooping of the Kansas City Chiefs before they actually got it back on track. So I think the Chiefs get some more revenge, and they win this game, which for them this postseason would... A lot of matchups be a revenge-type game. That's what it would be. Uh, and I think they beat the Titans. I think Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, they compete. It's close. However, the defense for the Titans I don't feel is as strong the second half of the season as it was first half of the season, where they were containing Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford's, and, you know, the good playoff teams. I haven't seen that a lot this Offseason or this uh, second half of the season, I think Patrick Mahomes, great quarterback, uh, they'll be able to beat the Titans in the championship game. I think it's close, however, I cannot pull myself to pick the Titans. Then you have the NFC Championship, the 49ers and the bucks and this is where Jimmy G's special season with the 49ers would end. It would end in Tampa Bay. Uh, where questions about his future lie ahead after he plays a terrible game against the Bucks and what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would route the San Francisco uh, 49ers, I believe. I believe Tom Brady would do just fine against, against this defense, I think. Him and Mike Evans, Gronk, special connection all game long. This rushing defense, I believe, would be able to contain... Uh, A lot of what Kyle Shanahan would want to do, I think they'd have some success. More success on the Bucs' defense uh, rushing attack than a lot of other teams. But at the end of the day, I just don't see it happening. I think the Bucs win this game, which sets up a rematch of last year's Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the Bucs. Now last year, my Super Bowl prediction was the chiefs Bucks and the Bucs to win. My preseason prediction this year was the Chiefs and Bucs. And the Bucs to win. So, I'm still rolling with it. I still got faith. Of course, I'm going to line things up in both brackets for that to happen. I think the Chiefs and Bucks come into the Super Bowl. And I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win it again. Tom Brady win, wins his eight. I don't think it's a demolition like it was last year. I think the Chiefs look for some things to improve. As a lot of teams have kind of stolen what the Bucs have used as a br- blueprint. From last year to beat Patrick Mahomes, and it's worked. And you can slow down Patrick Mahomes. However, they've countered a lot of ways uh, to beat the cover two. So I think the Bucs scheme a little bit more as well. And they end up winning this game a lot closer than it was last year. However, Tampa Bay still comes back up on top. Tom Brady holding the eighth Lombardi. Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the Super Bowl. That's my prediction. Chiefs, Bucks, that's my prediction. Through the playoffs, there you have it. Here first, that's what I've got. But there it is. It starts tomorrow. Should be a great wild card weekend. Now, moving on to the NBA. Last night, the Milwaukee Bucks absolutely hammered, absolutely hammered the Golden State Warriors. I mean, it was like 77 to 38 a half, one of Golden State's biggest deficits. I mean, it was bad. Giannis with a triple-double, 30 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. Steph Curry, not looking like himself, basically didn't even play uh, the second half. 12 points, played Thompson 11. Uh, they have sort of hit a skid, but Milwaukee Bucks kind of ended their skid, uh, got everyone back healthy. Uh Congratulations to Milwaukee for just dominating this game. Now, Golden State has 11 losses. Helps out the Phoenix Suns in the one seed. Also, makes it competitive for the two, three seed with the Grizzlies and the Jazz sort of right there. This is going to be a tight race for kind of that top seed, I feel like. Milwaukee Bucks, great win last night. I was surprised at how dominant it was. But these are the reigning defending champions. And the Milwaukee Bucks. And it's tough to play them when they're healthy. That's been realized a lot this season. And then the Nets. Nets, 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 Nets. Nets. Lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now we can't make fun of the Lakers for losing to them. Again, no KD. It's a home game. So no Kyrie Irving. Uh, James Harden could not do it by himself. The Thunder trounced the Nets 130-109. to Uh... Great game uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. Now tonight, two games I'm going to pick. The Golden State Warriors and the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls coming off that big loss to the Nets. Uh, I thought the Nets would beat them. That happened. However, Golden State now playing a back-to-back. Do they right the ship? Steph Curry, MVP form is slowly fading, shooting a mere 42%. From the field, they visit the Bulls, can they beat them? I think so. I know back-to-backs are tough. However, I think they rebound, and I know what you're saying. Hey, Draymond Green isn't playing this game, not even available for a road trip. They said, hey, Clay Thompson isn't going to play. That's fine. But I think Steph Curry breaks out of it tonight. I mean, he's been just fine without Klay Thompson a lot, uh, and I think he can withhandle the loss of uh Draymond Green I think this is a very close game however I definitely think the Warriors who are in the middle of a skid they're five and five in their past 10 games however they can get uh, the win tonight you know Derek Jones is out Alex Caruso could still be out it hurts their defense I like the Golden State Warriors to win this game And then you've got the Mavericks and the Grizzlies. Grizzlies, again, this is a back-to-back for them. They're on an 11-game winning streak. And I just really can't pick against the Grizzlies right now. I'm picking the Grizzlies. Uh, The Dallas Mavericks absolutely got humiliated against the Knicks a few nights ago. I picked the Knicks, uh, but I didn't expect it to be that bad. I mean, I think Porzingis is is still going to be out. You still have Dylan Brooks out, Stephen Adams maybe. Uh, so that leaves you with them, and I definitely think the Mavericks will win. I'm My bad. I definitely think the Grizzlies will win this game. I think it's close because of the back-to-back and all that. That's why Memphis is only a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but John Morant, exciting, fascinating player, and he's going to win uh, this game tonight and get to 12 wins in a row and sort of get right there within distance, you know, right there at the three seed right now. So we're looking at the two seed. They're eyeing the one seed. It's definitely possible for me with how they're playing that there's no reason why they cannot achieve that. What else happened? Well, Cam Reddish yesterday was traded from the Hawks to the Knicks. Cam Reddish, you know, I don't think ever really lived up to his potential, you know, the 10th pick in the draft. Uh, But he's still young. He's 22, you know, he's averaging, you know, 12 points, 40% from a field, free throw 90%. He's shooting 38% from three. So he's been able to play well. I think this is going to help Reddish because he's reunited with one of his boys who he played with, you know, R.J. Barrett, who's in New York, you know, former Duke teammates. You know, you had that great Duke trio with Zion, R.J. Baird, and Reddish. Now you have two of them playing. You trade your first-round pick, you know, which was, we'll see what becomes of that. But hey, if the Knicks can turn their season around and Cam Reddish can start to get things going with the Knicks, you'll look back and say, hey, this is a great trade where the Hawks are kind of in desperation mode now where, hey, maybe that Eastern Conference Finals trip last year, maybe that was just a fluke. Maybe that was just a one-time thing, and hey, there's a lot we have to do, and I think there is. I think the Trey Young-John Collins duo is great, but other than that, you kind of have to make some key decisions there with Bogdanovich and Herter and Capella and a lot of those guys on the Hawks and really evaluate them uh, moving forward. Now moving on to the NHL All-Star Game, Uh, and let me tell you this. I don't know why uh, the NHL uh, did this, uh, but some big players uh, were snubbed yesterday for making the All-Star game, uh, particularly uh, Sidney Crosby from a Metro, Artemi Panarin uh, from a Metro, uh, Brad Marchand from the Atlantic, and it just leaves me with this question with the NHL is you're trying to grow the game, uh, have a fun and exciting All-Star game. And some of the best players in the NHL are not suiting up. Jack Hughes, would I rather see Jack Hughes or Sidney Crosby? You know what I mean? It's like you want your talent on display. You want your best players in those All-Star games uh, for the fans, for the media, for kind of everything uh, all the build-up. You want the best players there, but really represent hockey. So with kind of the big-time guys being out, to me, it's a lackluster. I'm a hockey fan. I'm not like any crazy die-hard sort of hockey fan, but I like watching hockey. Love watching my Pittsburgh penguins ones. Watched them lose last night. That was tough, but I enjoy watching my team. Uh, so now with the All-Star Game and no Sidney Crosby, I really don't have any desire to watch the All-Star Game. I know. Tristan Jari's a goalie there, and Jake Gensel could be the last man in. But you, sub, you snub Sidney Crisby, Artemi Panarin, who I think is a terrific player, a top-five offensive player. Uh, he's not in. Uh, it just hurts, you know, the All-Star game hurts the fans. Don't think that was the smartest moment uh, for the NHL. Now college basketball. Big upset yesterday. Oregon. Upset number three, UCLA gave them their second loss. I mean, just shocked them. It was a close game throughout the game. Went into overtime. Oregon pulled away. Dana Altman got his 700th win. I mean, good win for Oregon. Not a lot of people there in the UCLA crowd uh, with the COVID rules and violation. So sorry about that, UCLA. The place wasn't rocking like it was earlier in this year. And to me, that definitely hurts, you know, not having your fans in the stands uh, for a big game like that. Now, finally, Novak Djokovic, tennis player I despise. Good tennis player, good at what he does. However, I don't think uh, he's a good person, he's had a lot of incidents uh, in his sort of career, might you say, with fans and umpires and what he says and things like that. I think he's kind of a a darker guy than what he lets on, and this is just another one with the whole COVID ordeal and the departure, and Australia has his visa revoked for a second time. In Australia, he's expected to appeal. He had COVID. Uh, He's had COVID a couple times, Uh, but he wants to play Uh, He doesn't say he's an anti-vaxxer, just doesn't want to take the vaccine for medical reasons. He says, you know, it's been tough on him. But, you know, Australia, you know, has had, you know, a lot of lockdown and quarantine rules. So this is big because of the second time it's been revoked and now they want to deport him. He could face a three-year ban from Australia, so he wouldn't be able to play in the Australia Open this year and for the next three years, he might never play in the Australia Open again, which is his sort of tournament, the one he's won the most times. Uh, nobody's won the Australian Open as much as he has. I think it's, you know, eight times or something like that. So this is big for Novak uh, Djokovic because you're trying to pass. Uh, Nadal and Federer and all of them you're at 20 uh, right now but you're trying to get past the hurdle uh, this hurts because you won't play at your sort of venue and you probably have a reason to think you might not play there for the rest of your career there so it is crazy to think uh, but I'm definitely not on Novak Djokovic's side I think uh, Australia should deport his you-know-what, get him out of there, uh, and never let him back in their country ever again. So I'm totally on Australia's side. Thank you, Australia. Novak Djokovic is not a good guy. I like what Australia is doing. Please deport Novak Djokovic any cost necessary. So this has been Get Your Goat. Again, a lot of NFL. NFL playoffs are now officially upon us. I've made my Super Bowl prediction. Chiefs and Bucks. Who do you got? What's your Super Bowl prediction? Who's winning it all? I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, everybody.